Nice buns, soft, fluffy, and ultra low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving. Plus, high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from Hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H-E-R-O dot C-O. Last year, we launched our course, The Data-Driven Classroom, and had hundreds of educators and clinicians take this course with consistently amazing feedback. I heard from so many teachers how this course really changed the way they approached data, how they were able to set up simple data systems, train their paras, and be collecting data to make data-based decisions within days of finishing the course. That feedback made me so happy. Now that course has been closed and unavailable since last year, but guess what? We are reopening the course, the data-based classroom, and I want you to be one of the first ones in. If data is something you have been struggling with for years, let's work on this together. Let me give you all of the tools to make this something that can consistently happen in your classroom. And guess what? Since you are a podcast listener, and I absolutely love my podcast listeners, I have an awesome code for you. When you use the code DATA100, you're going to get $100 off of the course bundle. Now, this code is only going to be usable until March 20th. So you only have one week to use this code, but Data 100 will get you $100 off of that course bundle. So that means for less than $200, you are getting the amazing data toolkit with literally hundreds of data sheets, all editable. And don't worry, I teach you how to edit it. And that entire data-driven course that touches on academic data, behavior data, staff training, and so much more. There's a link in the show notes with all of the information. Let's make this year the year that data really works. Hi, I'm Sasha Long, special ed teacher and board certified behavior analyst. Welcome to the Autism Helper Podcast. I'm here to explore different strategies to improve the lives of individuals with autism. Welcome back to the Autism Helper Podcast. I am so excited to share my interview with Michelle Rogers. Michelle Rogers is a parent coach. She is the child to a daughter with autism, and she shares all of her experience as well as her great training tools within one-on-one and group coaching, as well as through courses and webinars. And I had an absolute blast talking with Michelle because I love how focused she is. I love what strategies she teaches her parents. And I love the big focus that she puts on mindset. And that's a lot of what we talk about in this interview. And I think there are great ways that educators, whether you are a teacher, a clinician, an SLP, a BCBA, can really be utilizing the strategies that Michelle uses on focusing on mindset with her parents within your collaboration with parents and caregivers in the classroom or therapy. Really looking at what our expectations are for our kids and how we can overcome what our mind is telling us, that our mind is saying it is too hard to potty train this child, it is too hard to teach this child to read, and that we can address that mindset issue first. So, oh my gosh, I absolutely love talking to her. So let's jump into the interview and hear from Michelle. Hi, Michelle. Thank you so much for joining me. It is a pleasure. Thank you for having me. 
I am excited to chat with you and I have kind of two big topics that I want to cover. So as a parent coach, you talk with parents of kids with autism all day. And I really want to talk, you know, a little bit about some of those challenges. We know there's always a challenge with communication between home and school, but I know you do a lot with potty training too. So after we talk about that, I want to switch gears and talk potty training because I love talking about potty training. Yes, I actually call it, uh, we actually focus a lot on high training, but um, we actually also focus on what I call the big three. And these are the three skills I believe every child on the autism spectrum needs to have a chance at a life of independence. So the first one's potty training. The second one is communication. And the third one is uh, reduced or zero problem behavior so they can sit and learn at school. Oh, I love that. And that kind of makes it, I mean, those are huge things, obviously, but it makes it a little less overwhelming for a parent too, thinking like we have to work on a million things. And it's like, no, we've yeah, no, if three. you work on these three, boy, do, does the, uh, the perspective, the trajectory for your child change greatly. If you can get these foundational skills in place. Yeah. yeah. So true. And I'm happy you include the potty training when they're in there, because I mean, that's, it closes a lot of doors when you're not toilet trained, especially as our kids get older and older. So really having that be a big focus of, I'm sure the work you do is a game changer for families. Yes, yes. It's it's literally the biggest thing that I solve for. In my group coaching program, we have a 100% success rate for potty training. So I'm very proud of that. Oh my gosh. Meaning that if you come into my program, by the time you leave, you leave with a potty trained t- child. I am very proud of that uh, stat. It's so important. It's one of the most, it's painful for parents too, because you're paying, yeah. forget about all the money that you're paying for diapers and wipes. It's all of like the mental stuff that goes with it, that you're still changing diapers at five, six, 15. We had an 18 year we just potty trained I mean like you know just what it does to you mentally and emotionally what that's costing you on top of what it's actually costing you to to you know function as a family that has to pay for this it's just it's it's incalculable so yeah, yeah it's a big thing and I'm, I'm so excited that we're able to offer such amazing results with that and I find also that not a lot of people talk about potty training enough you know we talk about it with our two-year-olds or three-year-olds but yeah what about a seven-year-old what about a 15-year-old there's just not enough resources and conversations around those topics. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, I wonder what, you know, I, I'm curious about that too, because it doesn't seem like a lot of people focus on it like we do. And it wasn't an intent. I think I knew I always had to focus on the big three. That was when I noticed things really changed for my daughter. So um, when we started, when I started my coaching business, this was like the first, like literally my first client, she had a pre-verbal child that was not potty trained. That was seven. And we ended up, and I'm like, why is he not potty trained? Doesn't that suck? (laughs) He had believed that that autism made it so that autism and that he did not have verbal language made it that it would be impossible to potty train. And that is like the biggest myth that I want to bust that absolutely is not true. He, um, I would even say that he had presented severe autism symptoms and we potty trained him within a month. That's amazing. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. And, so this is possible for anybody. And like you said, that emotional pressure and kind of overwhelming sense that that has is all gone from that then. Yeah. I mean, think about it like as a, as a parent, you know, it's almost a rite of passage from baby to child to take, you know, get, get rid of the diapers and wear underwear. And when that doesn't happen, it really kind of messes with us mentally and emotionally. Like, you know, would it, you know, just kind of really does not help the cause if we're trying to show up as the best parent we can be for our kids to give them this chance to independent life. If I fumble on this and I never recover. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh my gosh. Okay. Let's come back to potty training. Cause I have, I have like, okay. oh, I have so many more follow-up <laughs> questions, but kind of let's, let's rewind a minute. And so as a parent coach, you know, you talk with families all day and potty training ties right into this coup because we need that homeschool connection for this. But what are some of the biggest challenges you see with families that you're working with on having that connection with school and that, you know, positive communication where we have mutual respect? What are some of those big obstacles and challenges there? I think I'm going to speak from my personal experience with this because Julianne is 10 and we still have IEP meetings and we still have, you know, major communication with school. One of her biggest things that we're focusing on now is her social skills. Like she's got a lot of skills at this point. She's academically strong. Um, Her communication solid, but where we, um, where we're seeing our blind spots now is, is her social skills. So I really need communication amongst the school because there's no better place to practice social skills than being in an environment with other children. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, I will say, I think in the beginning when I first started my communication with the school district, I just assumed that they would cater. (laughs) I think it's probably a bad thought I had (laughs) that they were just going to cater to her specific needs. And then as I kind of, uh, you know, worked my way through the system, I started to realize, you know, they're, they've got set, I guess, types of classroom structures in place. And their only goal is when they hear about your child, you come to that IEP meeting, they see the goals that the child needs is to put them in the least restrictive environment to match where the child is at, which necessarily, which almost feels like putting a square peg in a round hole. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, it may not be the exact best placement, but it's what we have. Mm-hmm. So I'm not like, you know, from that perspective, I don't know like if that could ever be changed. But what I, what I have been able to see is that because I am very cooperative in the sense of like, I have a home team because she still gets ABA that collaborates with the school, collaborates with the social worker, with the, uh, with the, with her teacher, um, with the special education, um, instructor that has made a tremendous amount of difference having that open dialogue. And that's great that your home team has a great, you know, bridge of that communication piece, because that's not always the case with home teams. And it's kind of, you know, on both sides faults that we want to really, if they're getting all these hours of therapy outside of school, we need that. That's part of the whole education team. They need to be working collaboratively. Correct. And I, it's funny that you say that because I've never had that experience because it was a non-negotiable in my mind. I would never work with a team at home that wouldn't collaborate with school. And I would never be okay with school, not welcoming my home team to the table either. Yeah. But not all parents, I think even know that that's an option. And that's great that you're talking about your experience and sharing this with parents too, that, that you're working with that like, yeah, that's a non-negotiable for me. Cause some parents might be like, oh man, I didn't even think that we could do that. Yeah. I didn't even think I had a say to even say I have a non-negotiable. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. I think that's, that's a problem. A lot of times is, you know, parents are given, you know, their, their stack of paperwork and all that, that has all their procedural rights and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, the IEP process is really complicated and there's a lot of legal components and all this. And parents don't always know exactly what their rights are. And, yes. and that's hard because schools, whether intentionally or unintentionally tend to take it, can take advantage of that, that like, Hey, do you know, you're supposed to get a draft of the IEP before? Oh no, I've never gotten that. Well, you're supposed to, and you can ask for that. And schools might not be doing that. Yeah. You know, that that's, you know, these are all very good points. I'm naturally 
I wouldn't say naturally, I've built into this identity of a mom who's very like lean in type, you know? Yeah. So I would always ask, well, what are we going to talk about? Yeah. <laughs> so not, not to send a draft because I'm like, all right, we're going to talk. Well, what are we talking about? Yeah. Who's going to be there? You know what I mean? Like, Give me the details. Yeah. 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 I'm already in that. Like, that's the thing about being a parent of a child with special needs. I think it's important to know your rights. I think that is huge. But it's also important to step into the identity of like, nobody's coming to do this for you. It has to be you. Yeah. And it's like that identity is so important. And if you naturally fall into that, even if I don't even know the laws of IEP, you'll naturally be inquiring on your on your behalf of what supports are going to be available for your child come the following school year. That's a really good point. You'll be naturally asking those questions anyways. Yes. If you're in that mindset. Yes. Do you think that mindset shift is hard for some parents, especially with younger kids that are going through that diagnosis process? Oh, huge. Listen, uh, my program, I always say, you know, they come in, I say, I sell you what you want, which is the potty training or the communication. But then when you come in, I give you what you need. 95% of the game of getting a child on the spectrum, communicating, potty training, reducing problem behaviors is in the parent's mind. Mm-hmm. 95% of the game. That's what I'm going to tell you from all, I worked with hundreds and hundreds of parents that it is the beliefs of the parents that's stopping the progress from happening. And if I believe that autism is a death sentence, if I believe that there's no outcome possible that wouldn't see my child end up in a group home, then the results that I'm going to create are exactly that. Yeah. And I'm sure that's a hard pill to swallow for a lot of people. I mean, just even hearing that kind of gives me chills because it's, you know, it's hard to to take that on that like so much of the ownership of everything is on you because that's a lot, you know? It's it's one way you can look at it, but the other way you could look at it is I have, oh my gosh, all the powers within me mm-hmm. that I can make this, I could make, like one of the things that happened with Juliana was I believe for a while I could cure her of autism, probably up until kindergarten. It was a really, it wasn't an accurate (laughs) thought, but it actually was a thought that served me well because I showed up in a way that I don't know if I would have shown up any other way if I didn't believe that. Yeah. Now, once kindergarten happened and I realized as she grows older, autism is here to stay because there'll be age-appropriate things that come up with a side of autism, right? Mm -hmm. Then my belief changed. And I said, what if she could have autism? And Juliana was diagnosed moderate to severe on the spectrum. What if she could have autism and live an amazing life? And that's what I've been running with since. And that's the life that we're living now. That's great. So yeah, you could look at it as like this overwhelming thing, like, oh, great. It's all on me. I don't know what to do. I'm ill-equipped. Or I could say, wow, if if it really, the, the powers within my hands to do this, I just need to know how to use my power. That's where I love coaching. That's where like my program comes in. I'm going to give you all the tactical to get your kids potty training, communication, stopping problem behavior, you name it. But I'm really want to give you the ability to wield your power so that you can feel like if I can teach you how to, even if they come in and they learn potty training, some people will bounce because once you learn how to teach them one skill, you can teach them everything. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. 
Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah. That's what's so powerful about the mind. So, yes, mindset is huge. Big part of my program. And it's having those, like kind of you said, just really having clear expectations and high expectations, not settling for you know, this misconception or this like doom and gloom, but having and those high expectations. And that's what we talk about teachers a lot too, that like a kid may come into your room in sixth grade, not reading, but that doesn't mean he's not going to be reading next year by the end of the year in your classroom. He's just not reading yet. We haven't found those yes. right tools. I love and, it. Not and reading yet. That's the word right. yet. I love the word yet. Yes, I like it. And it, cause it just shifts really, you know, your perspective on everything and it shifts the tone of the conversation. Like, Hey, like he isn't able to work for more than a few minutes or he isn't able to work for more than a few minutes yet. And it's like, all right, this is where we are. Cool. That's not where we're going to stay. Like, it's just, you know, yes. a stepping stone or, along the way. Exactly. Or if I have a parent who has a child, like that's been in diapers and they're 15 years old. Right. And I'm saying, would you be willing to believe, right? So like my child's in diapers, but I'm willing to believe that this could be different. Yeah. It's almost like you, cause we don't, I don't believe in daily affirmations. The reason why I think daily affirmations don't work is because we don't believe them. Mm-hmm. So I have to give you a bridge thought, something that has one foot in the belief that you have now, but also puts the other foot in a belief of something towards the result that you want. Yes. I love that. Yeah. And I agree on the daily affirmations. I mean, if you got to keep saying it every day, you're not really not believing it, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, you know, like the, you know, we, we talk about like like low value thinking and like high value thinking. High value thinking are the, are the thoughts that I can believe that are going to always put me one step closer to the result that I want. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. So I do you think teachers and, you know, really educators, whether BCBA, RBTs, SLPs, can really help support parents in this process, especially with this mindset piece. Because, you know, I know from my own experience as a teacher, and I know a lot of teachers, you know, work with parents that they're like, oh my gosh, like, you know, I was talking to a teacher yesterday, the parent's just so in denial. And I'm like, well, that's where the parent is now, right? But how can we as educators help support parents through this process of really like empowering them? I think, you know, honestly, I would love like I think about myself as this authority for parents of children with autism. And I have a lot of, um, I'll have a lot of therapists come and say they want to learn my teaching so that they can incorporate into their teaching. I believe at some point, if we want to be as effective as possible to help as many families as possible, we need to give um, BCBAs and RBTs um, some mindset training, to be honest with you, to show a parent their thoughts and help them to say, listen, you know, I need you to trust in this process, not just like you could, there's two ways you could do it. And this is how it happened for me. Cause I was in disbelief when this, when Juliana, lost, my, my daughter lost all her language and um, the BCBA came in and said, you know, we're going to teach her pecs. And then immediately one of her stims was she'd take the cards and she'd just flip them in her hand. She did that with anything. Anything she had in her hand, she'd take and she'd start twisting over and over and over again. And I remember saying, this isn't going to work. What are other options? She'll teach her sign language. And I'm like, well, how, she'll never talk. 
kid and why are you going to teach her that? And that's funny. I didn't think that about pecs, but I thought that about sign language for some reason. I'm like, well, if you teach her that, why would she ever talk? And she said, I just can't explain it to you, but you know, it just, it it happens. And now as I, when I saw it happen, so basically what happened with Juliana is we taught her first time we ever taught her was cookie. She learned it by (laughs) the end of the day. (laughs) <laughs> cooking all over the place by the end of the day she learned 10 signs within a week and her, her tantruming just stopped she was frustrated because she couldn't communicate yeah and what that taught me was that you know I had to I had to see the result to be in belief I was halfway there I was like willing to do whatever it took to get the result so I was already kind of like on my way, but like, remember what I was saying, like you have one foot in disbelief, one foot in, I want to just say, I want to at least give, be open to the idea that I could be wrong. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened. So to, to go back to like, what would we do for therapists when they're trying to do their job and parents are in such disbelief? It's not their job. And I understand their job is to work with the child and, you know, coach the parents through like the techniques that they're doing so the child can generalize the skill. But I think for them to be more effective, that there should be some mindset training for the BCBAs and the RBTs and even teachers and everybody to help parents through this. It's not their job. But if we want to like ultimately everyone's goal at the end of the day is to see this child be the best version of themselves. It's going to get the, this child to go faster if we can get parents on board. Yes. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of BCBAs now, and I don't know if um, any of your team have talked about this, but that are, have been learning more and more about ACT, which is acceptance commitment therapy, which is really rooted in the world of applied behavior analysis. So it kind of like bridges both things. A lot of what you're saying, like that this is about mindset and ACT really teaches mindfulness and identifying thoughts as thoughts. And this isn't the truth. And what are our filters? And something that I loved learning about as a behavior analyst, because it made sense, you know, in this ABA mindset that same, same idea, we can approach kind of those inner, that inner monologue in the same way we approach outer behavior. So it's exciting to see more and more BCBAs learning about ACT, talking about ACT. And I think that would be exactly in line as what you're saying. And I think that's so true that we need for that parent collaboration and consultation piece, we need to address the inner monologue of our parents' heads. Yes. And, you know, I, I've never heard of this. So I'm going to look it up afterwards. But one of the things you said in the Ackerman was acceptance. I always tell my parents that it is natural to go through a grieving state after the diagnosis. And we're not talking, God forbid, that, that something happened to the child. I'm talking about grieving the typical childhood we thought we were going to experience. Yeah. And that grieving is to be expected. Yeah. But the fifth stage of grief, the full process of grief is acceptance. And acceptance, and I I just talked about this in in a blog I I wrote, that acceptance for me was not sexy. It was messy. I was pissed. I was whatever. But acceptance means that, you know what, I didn't sign up for autism. It's not right. It's not fair. But it's what is. Mm -hmm. And I believe there's a sixth stage to processing grief, which is once I can get to acceptance, meaning like, even though this isn't what I signed up for, this is what I have. Then I can go to number six, which I believe is creation. How can I create something beautiful from what I have? I love that. Yeah. I love what you said earlier, you know, kind of touching on on the creation piece of like, she can have an amazing life while still having autism and not like getting rid of this. This is part of her and we can still have this beautiful life that we want. And that creation piece is just that like, hey, what are our... What are our goals for our family? What are our goals for her? Like, we want to go on vacation. We want to go out to eat. Like, yeah. we want we want her to live, have a job. Like, and and we can still have all those things. And how can we, yeah, create that? 
Yeah. And I'll give you a quick example of like every day that we live this life. She has a little, a little friend. She's neurotypical and she wanted to have her birthday party at a hibachi place. Now, Juliana is very picky eater. <laughs> and the mother, thank God the mother just said it in passing to me because we don't fly, believe it or not, you know, I'm in this autism community. I'm this autism coach for parents of children with autism. We don't really fly Juliana's flag locally because I want it to be a part of her identity if she would like to share it. Yeah. She knows about her autism, but I want it to be her journey to share, which is kind of like, a touchy, it's tough because sometimes people find out and it's fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. But this mom just accidentally said, oh yeah, I'm going to pick her up and then we're going to head over to Bocce. I'm like, a Bocce? <laughs> She's never <laughs> eaten this in her life. So I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, okay, thanks, you know? And then Juliana came home and I said, listen, we're going to Bocce tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and this is me living in the identity of like, what if she could still have like a best friend and a sleepover and go to Hibachi? Yeah. And and, and we're going to order like a, a few things off the menu. We're going to see if we can find something that you like. And she understood. That's what I love about where we are now with Juliana because we're at a point now where she understands that her I don't think she thinks of uh, I don't I've never described autism to her as less I say you know Cody as her brother has asthma I'm not mm -hmm. asthma he has allergies I have asthma and you have autism yeah right so it's just like everybody's got something that's yeah. how we kind of told her and she I loved when she was just like I understand why you want to do this and I accept because she yes. knew this would be a pickle for her too you know, that's, that's so, yeah. so great. Cause I think kind of even touching on the the stages of grief that if you were not where you were, you could oh, have yeah. lived in the like anger of like, it's not fair that my kid needs to yes. go to Hibachi a day before and it sucks and blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, let's. Why'd let's... she have to pick that place? Yeah. Cheese, you know? Yeah, exactly. So did she um, like anything at Hibachi? Not only did she like anything at Hibachi, I, I caught a video. They, the mother sent me a video of the uh, Hibachi chef, uh, you know, throwing rice in her mouth, which she oh never eat rice. It was oh, hysterical. And, and it's just the yeah, power of friendship too, man. Like yes. she did that because she was like, I want to show up for my friend. And yes. how powerful is that reinforcer? We are big on a pro She is All children respond amazingly to a proximal praise. So if one child's doing it, it's a motivator for another child. Dude, everyone's celebrating the one child and I want in on that party too. Yes. No, huge. Oh, I love that. That's so know, great. Um, gosh, I forget. We've like got off in a few directions here, but I love it. Um, it's great. <laughs> Uh, okay, let's loop back to potty training because okay. I, when I was on your website and I saw that you have so many resources for potty training, I'm going to start sending them out to parents because I, um, I get a lot of questions on potty training. And when I was in the in-home setting, I used to do potty training quite a bit. And like, I thrilled that that's like your number one thing because I used to really focus on that a lot with parents too. And a lot of parents would push back even sometimes like, no, we're not ready for that. We're, we're okay with the diapers now. Ugh. I'm like, you know, you're okay with the diapers now because they're three. But yeah. it's different when they're six and when they're yes, eight that's and when they're up. ten. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, it's a whole. And I, you know, I, I've worked that world before, and it's it's physically challenging, you know. Yes. Um. So within potty training, you you mentioned mindset being a big struggle. What what are the other big obstacles um, that you see in general with potty training a child on the spectrum? Oh, ninety five percent of the problem will first problem will always be mindset. I believe that my child because my child is preverbal that they can't follow simple instructions. They don't understand the concept. Um, there's this belief, which I think is really fascinating for parents of children with autism, like they just don't make the connection. Mm. And what they don't understand is no child just makes the connection. Yeah. We create the connection for them. 
Yeah. So I always say like, listen, every way, I just want you to know if the, the strategies I'm teaching you to potty train your child on the spectrum are the same strategies I use to teach my neurotypical son. Mm-hmm. This is works for all children because yeah. it's based in behavior. So like, you know, we are very reward based with our potty training. So that's one of the big components that I believe in. And then I'll have a parent say, well, you know, there's nothing that motivates my child. Mm-hmm. And that's, a, that's a, what we call a thought error. Yeah. <laughs> so like, yeah. Is that really true? What are they doing with their day? Yeah. Again, it's mindset. Yeah. Mindset's going to be yeah. your number one obstacle. In fact, the first, like when I do a potty training workshop, it's the first thing I talk about before I even get into the, the how to the tactical. Because if I can't lock you on mindset, if I can't convince you that what you've been thinking is the, actually the reason why this isn't done yet, then the, I, no matter what I show you, you're never going to believe that your child is capable or you're never going to believe that you're capable of teaching them. And then you'll get the result you're living now, which is still staying in diapers. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then after we get over that mindset, what types of kind of, you said, you know, you, you work big within reinforcement and what other yeah, so strategies? The next biggest yeah. thing is um, potty phobia. So I call it potty phobia. I don't know if the real term should be that, but that's what I just call it. <laughs> Meaning like, you know, my child won't even sit and da, 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 you know? So if you can't like, you know, you can't run before we crawl. <laughs> so yeah. if your child won't even sit on the potty, then that's a problem. We have to get them sitting first enough for a pee or poop to pass. And then we can actually work on the potty training. So that's probably mm-hmm. my second biggest obstacle I'll see overcoming that potty phobia not even realizing that that's a problem they don't even see that as a problem just like see see they're not capable yeah (laughs) they're running around the house they're not getting see and you know what I've seen happen and maybe you've seen this too is that parents have tried potty training so many times that it's aversive for both now the parent and the child like both parent and child have such negative connotations with it and you almost have to like retrain everyone on yes. it. like, let's start over. <laughs> yes. Potty phobia isn't potentially just for the child. Yes. Yeah. The parents are like, no, no, we tried that. Didn't no, work. No, no, right? we're not doing that. No, no. Yeah. yeah. You when... have to neutralize the feelings about like shit on your walls. And I'm sorry, I curse, but yeah, yeah. like, yeah. like, listen, like, remember when they were a baby and you would change your diaper and they had a blowout that went up their back and it went on your, under your nails, you know, then you weren't like freaking out. Yeah. But like, there's something about like a three-year-old or a five-year-old, even a 15-year-old doing yeah. that, that this feels like, oh my God, this is like life altering. Yes. You know what I mean? I neutralize that too. Like, listen, yeah, <laughs> I've it's, seen it all. <laughs> and it's like a season. Like we're yes, going to, it's going to be cool. messy, quite literally. And that. it's not going to be fun, but then it'll be done. Yes. And then it'll be done. There's two, like, this is the thing about living the life you're living now. It's not, what I'm asking you to do, is it more uncomfortable? It's actually the same discomfort, but mine leads to the promised land. Yours just leads to more diaper changes. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I had, I feel like I had a taste of the struggle of potty training from this perspective because I was always on the clinician side for years but my middle daughter has um, encopresis which is like a chronic constipation issue and we potty it was potty training was a struggle which was like a big blow to my like BCBA self-confidence because I was like whoa 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 I'm like professionally trained in this I potty trained like you know a hundred kids and I can't potty train my own kid but potty training was a struggle with her we didn't know this was an issue and it led to you know number two accidents for you know really two years. Um, we're like only over that hump right now. And the salute school was awful with us. And I had to be on call. Basically, if she had an accident school, I had to go in there and change her. And like, oh my God, that's like my God. And I'm like, 
thinking about this in perspective with parents I've worked with, I'm like, God, you lived like this for years, like years and years and years of waiting for that accident. Yeah, no, I mean, it's awful. And listen, this is the thing. And this is why I love my program is when you're in the mental mud of it, you're in the thick of it. I don't care who you are. We've had BCBAs who have children. I've had speech language pathologists in my program as clients, BCBAs in my program as clients. It's not about like your professional background, your experience. You're in the, the, the mental mud and the throes of this on the, like, I always say, like, you're almost like on the ground dealing with this. You can't see it from the drone view as an, as an impartial viewer. Yeah. So it's always great to have that kind of support of like, I can help, I can see it from the drone view. That's what I tell my moms. Like you're in the yeah. thick of it. You're not seeing it. Like I could see it because your emotions are connected to it. Your shitty thoughts are connected to it. Your, you know, belief systems connected. To it. I'm not connected to it. So I can easily detect the problem and help create the solve. Yeah. And that's the same thing with problem behaviors too. I'm sure. Yeah. You yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Everything. That's why it's like funny. Somebody, someone will come in just for pot, like come in wanting everything, but like get pie trained. Like, oh, I got it now. Now I can see, now I can detach from my, I know I'm having a crazy thought that's making me feel like shit. So I'm just going to detach from that, do the drone view. And I can see it clearly like in a moment, like when I've given myself space in between like the events and like reflection, like we had a situation with Juliana where she was po- pooping in the pool every week at safety swim. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> everyone had to get out anyone coming in would have to be canceled and their you know the pool would have to be closed for three hours she did it like five weeks in a row I was hysterical crying in the bathroom and we were ready to quit and I remember thinking you know I have to just take calm down and look get myself space between the incident right which was extremely traumatic for me and the what was going on to create the solve yeah. And that's what happened with that. And then I, once I realized, I'm like, she's just, she's just feeling really relaxed and just going in the pool because she's not concentrating. I'm going in the pool with her. And that's exactly what I did the next week. And as soon as I saw, like, it looked like she was about to, I pulled her out of the pool, ran into the bathroom and she pooped on the pie. She never uh, pooped in the pool again. That's amazing. You were like, by the way, literally explaining my summer two years ago. So I I feel you on the number two in the pool. It's like the most mortifying thing ever. You're like, oh my God, everyone hates me forever. And mine was like, everyone's in there for their one-on-one lessons and everyone's lessons have to stop. And I I was crying. I almost quit. And had I quit, I would have never figured this out. And Juliana's on a swim team today. Yeah, you would have avoided swimming forever. Yeah. I probably avoid the beach, everything. No vacations for us. Yeah. Yeah, No vacations for them. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh. That's a great example. And it's, yeah. you know, and, and the, it, it's so easy to like lean into those kind of nasty emotions because, you know, it's just like, oh yeah, this is horrible. And this is, we're done. We're done. We're never doing this again. And like, it's easy to be there and it's harder to push yourself to step away, think outside the box, think of that solution and then try that solution. And you might fail again, but you might like you, like you did have success. Yeah. I don't ever even, I don't even call it fails anymore. I tell my moms, I'm like, you know, we do, we encourage like a three day intensive. And if they come back and they don't have a five train child, they get frustrated. I'm like, there's no frustration. There's data now. Yeah. So now we can, we're either learning or we're winning. We're never failing. The only yeah. true fail for a parent of a child with autism is quitting. Yeah. Yeah. That's great advice. So with this potty training thing and you know, when like I, that's how I used to do it too, with those kind of two or three day intensives, 
how do you work with schools then? Because my my fear as a as a parent, but also as a clinician, was like, oh my god, now we got to send you to daycare. Now we got to go send you to school. Yeah. And like our work is all, you know, what's going to happen with that? So, what yeah. advice do you have for educators with supporting parents that are in this potty training process? So, my personal experience from myself as well as for my families, it's very rare that a school will take the initiative for potty training. What they want to see, and I understand that you have to understand that too. They're not just servicing your child; they're servicing multiple children. So when I kind of came to that realization, like I already knew it, I guess in my head that we're not, we can't lean on school to make this happen, but we can lean on school to follow through with what we create at home. So what I tell my parents is I want you to get your child to about 80% success. We're very data driven. I have a little toilet training data sheet I give them. And I said, once we're at that point, then that's when the diapers stop and they go in with bunch of underwear and a bunch of change of clothes, the mm-hmm. reinforcement, the data sheet and, and the schedule. And you're kind of like, that's my best. And they're down. I've never found a school saying, no, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cause most like you, and I think that's a great point. And that's, I've, you know, been worked with teachers too, that it's like, I, I know, you know, this child's ready, but we do have to wait for mom and dad to get there and we can yeah. support them. And we can say, and I, and I tell teachers all the time, you tell parents like whenever you're ready for potty training, I'm ready for potty training. Like let's do this. So they know that they're not alone in it. And I can't, I can't stress this enough. It's like, Oh man, this could be your moment where everything changes when you realize that you are so capable of teaching this baby, whether they have language or not, that this is possible with potty training. For me, I didn't have my breakthrough with potty training. I had my breakthrough with sign language. I was like, Oh, Oh my God, this whole time she understood everything I was saying. I was yeah. talking about her so she wasn't even here. And I could and I could have easily entertained the shit thoughts, like feeling guilty, feeling awful, feeling the worst mom. I, I, I always call my 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 not great mom moments is like, all right, well that was a uh uh, uh, parenting, I forgot, it was not my finest parenting moment. Yeah, yeah. We all <laughs> have those. We off and we get back to work, yeah. you know what I mean? But like Instead of, you know, instead of indulging in shitty thoughts that just make me feel awful, I thought about it. I said, you know what? I can't, I can't change the past, but I can change now and I can change the future. Yeah. So, so I immediately just said, you know what? That's not helpful to keep, to, to make myself feel like crap about this. Let's start building on her skills and let's really support her. And I was full steam ahead and potty training is, could be that for, for my parents, could be that for your parents too. Yeah. You don't want to give it to school. You want this because this is going to be, this is going to be a foundational rep for you as a parent that if I can teach them the pie train, I can teach them anything. I I love this idea. It's like, you know, really teaching the, the ability, like you said, to step back, to problem solve, and then to have that confidence piece of like, I did this and yeah, and I could do it again with something else. Yes. Oh my gosh. Oh, Michelle, I could just like chat with you forever. I know, Um, Sasha, I'm glad we connected. (laughs) Um, Okay, so where can parents go to learn more about your potty training resources, your coaching program, and everything that you offer? So I am, I have a website called uh, michellebrogers.com. That's M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E-B as in boy, Rogers, R-O-G-E-R-S.com. My Instagram is michellebb as in boy, Rogers.com or just Michelle B. Rogers on Instagram. And yeah, you can start there and you can go uh, to work with me and you can find out all about my potty resources. We do webinars, get on my mailing list. You'll get access to all of my goodies. Great. Well, thank you so much. I love that you have kind of this, like a lot of ABA background, which is great. You're like, my husband likes to call himself, which I don't 
always agree with, but he calls himself a lowercase BCBA because he's, you know, been part of like the ABA world <laughs> for so long. But um, I love all of kind of this really behavior analytic information that yes. you're sharing in such an understandable yes. way that yes. really it's the makes mom sense. version. Like I'm, yeah. a, I'm, and I'm not a, a BCBA. I've never had formal training in ABA, but I have a, a PhD in my daughter. Yes. I love that. Well, <laughs> and I know Michelle, what works. Yes. thank you so much. I'm going to add the links and your Instagram handle to our show notes. And we so appreciate you taking the time and hearing all of your great advice. Great. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to the Autism Helper podcast. If you liked what you heard and want to hear more, hit subscribe. It would mean a lot to me if you left some feedback. Whether I'm working one-on-one with a student, doing a podcast like this one, or presenting for a PD, my goal is always to provide as much value as I can. So your feedback really helps me make sure I'm doing just that. If you have other topics you'd like me to cover, leave in the feedback or message me on social media. You can follow me at The Autism Helper on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest, or visit my website, theautismhelper.com. Thanks again for listening. Nice buns, soft, fluffy, and ultra low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving. Plus, high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from Hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H-E-R-O dot C-O. Having the right resources for your classroom is essential to making sure your classroom is running smoothly. At the Autism Helper Shop, we have all of the resources you need to make sure you have the behavior, communication, and curriculum supports for your students. Within our shop, we have adapted books, task cards, resources aligned to the VB map and the ABLES, behavior plan flowcharts, data sheets, curriculum. Everything you need, whether you are an early childhood teacher or a high school teacher, we have all of the resources that will meet those students' needs. So head over to shop.theautismhelper.com to check out all of our resources.